Hey, this is Pastor Rafael Rodriguez. Welcome to Restore 2020 Podcast. Go ahead and choose a message. Be empowered, be equipped, be prepared to change your world for Christ Jesus. God bless you. Caleb, how many huddles did you have starting in January? Uh, we had 10 athletic huddles and six coaches huddles. So you got to meet with how many students each week? Uh, we were exactly over 245 on a weekly basis. Awesome. Why was it that I had to put the kids to bed by myself every Tuesday night? Because I started a flag football league. <laughs> we impacted over 70 men uh, on a weekly basis and getting to present the gospel uh, before we competed. So that was really neat. And then COVID happened. We want to tell you a little bit about what happened with our family. In the beginning of March, our Wesley boy, he had a staph infection in his blood. He had a bone infection in his femur and his pelvis, and he had a septic hip joint that required emergency surgery. So we started out the COVID journey having no idea that COVID had even started. We were locked up in a children's hospital in West Palm for a couple of weeks. We came home with a pick line and we're on quarantine. It was a very trying time for our family, very difficult for us. So during these trying times, FCA transitioned to me in a room working from a computer laptop. What was I doing? Doing Zoom calls. But it was really cool the way that FCA transitioned into the technology. Caleb would have 35 athletes on some of his calls. The whole football teams would be on there and they would all be going back and forth and he would flash scriptures on their computer screens. It was really neat to see how the Lord was using this time to reach all of these students when they weren't going to school. Yeah, we also would play games uh, where we did a push-up competition and the winner got to feed their whole family, FCA, us, got to feed the, you, got to feed their family. <laughs> so thank you for that. Our small groups are growing deeper and going one-on-one and actually learning a whole lot of scripture. And our coaches' huddles are growing deeper one-on-one. So, so that's what we're doing throughout the summer. We just wanted you guys to know that we're praying for you and for your families. Please continue to pray for us and our community. This has been a very trying and difficult time for everyone. Know that you can reach out to us anytime if you need anything. We're always here to support you and pray with you and be here for you guys. And we just wanted to say thank you for everything you do for us and for your continued support. And if you want to participate in a Zoom call, we would love to send you the link so you can check out how our athletes have been impacted in the midst of our new transition that everybody's been doing. Until then... We love you. Peace up. A-Town down. Thank you for allowing uh, everybody having us here today. Uh, I say us as a terminology that I don't really use I that much. I use we a lot. We is referring to I. So if I say that, I, I that's something I have a hard time with. Um, so that video there was done back in the summer. And we basically sent that out to our donors and wanted to give an update. And when a uh, pastor asked me to come, he said, you got a video? And I was like, oh, heck yes, I can lead right into it. So uh, just to recap with that, uh, we were b basically over in the coast. I live in Fort Pierce 
and I travel every Wednesday here from 5 o'clock in the morning till 5.30 in the afternoon, working specifically with Okeechobee uh, on its uh, basis with the res, going out doing FCA out there to our middle schools. We were trying to get on to Yearling this year, but we currently were with Osceola. Uh, we were doing things with the freshman campus and also with the main campus. And we were on every sports team and doing life with every athlete. And so the Lord gave me an idea of working with athletes a while back when I was playing ball in college. And it was with a leadership team. And so what we did was we picked five to six guys that are very athletic or that have influence. And so we came to those guys and said, hey, we're going to feed you once a month. And we're going to call you into the identity the Lord's called you to be. So in doing that, uh, what is a child of God? You know, they're, they're a masterpiece. They are chosen. They are. And so understanding the identity role of an athlete in who the Lord's called them to be, it's allowed that athlete to perform at a free weight feeling, if you get what I'm saying. I've, I've seen athletes come with their head down all the time, frustrated about life, and, and the Lord say, hey, that's not your weight to carry. Uh, and to the point where the, they will look at me and, and start crying, and the Lord downloads exactly what he's saying to them. And so you'll see an athlete that can be completely changed. So a little bit more about me. I um, am the football director of the Treasure Coast. So I work with six football schools total and one whole county, which is Okeechobee. So Centennial, Westwood, John Carroll, and uh, Treasure Coast, and Central are the four, are the five schools, and then one school is Okeechobee over here. Like I said, I travel over on Wednesdays, and the other days I'm over at the coast doing the same thing, duplicating the idea of creating leaders on football teams and empowering them to be a leadership program to their team. So in doing that, you might ask, how do you talk about Jesus on a public school setting? Great question. So what we do is talk about character building. So I'm going to ask you the question I ask our athletes. What's the difference in a thermostat and a thermometer? One reflects the temperature of its environment. One sets the tone of the temperature of its environment. What are you going to be? Are you going to be that athlete today that we're going to be working out that I can count on you to stay at 100% when I set the tone and I walk away and I look back and you're still doing what you're asked to be done? Or are you going to be that up and down athlete that has a reflection of a temperature where, oh, coach is looking at me, we're going to stay hot, but the moment I walk away, now you're not even focused. So that's the character building side of things. And then I sit here and I said, well, you want to hear a little bit more? I'm going to step over here. Now it becomes voluntary because now they've moved to my direction and we get to share about the gospel. And we talk about identity, like I said earlier, and we talk about who the Lord's called them to be. And at the end of the day, we also speak life to our coaches. So we do coaches huddles. Uh, Ty Smith, in the summer, this past summer, it was a one-on-one session with Ty with a couple other coaches from time to time, but majority of it was one-on-one. And then it would transition to the main huddle. A huddle is a club, and that's what we call huddles, or a club, excuse me. And so during that time, we're sitting there speaking life to about 35 athletes at a time. And that was amazing. And seeing growth from that, getting in the word, we walked through the book of Joshua the whole time. Uh, that was one uh, 
book we walked through, and then we were getting ready to go through the Gospels, and then that was about the time we started hearing, hey, we got word that we're going to be back on the field, and so that was exciting. So when they told us we'd get back on the field, we transitioned to being able to uh, really show the word in, in their face and hand out the, the Bible and, and kind of dive, dive deeper into things because Zoom was fun. It was great for about three months, and then it got old real fast. And uh, what's great is being able to see the athlete one-on-one talk about things that they're dealing with and ask the Lord, how do you handle that? How do you, how do you, how do you speak life into that situation? So, um, you know, I've got three kids. Uh, married with a great wife. That was Kelly, my wife. And Wes, we did go through a lot with Wesley. Wesley right now is, I'd say, at 85%, and he's running around right now playing just like every little kid at 10 years old. But he did go through a ringer. And uh, I've got an older daughter that's at LPA. She's playing every sport that she can play. And I've got a little Kelly Grace that's three years old, brings up the rear. So uh, we are very diverse in range and age, but uh, we have fun in all we do. We play tag a lot, and we compete a lot. So uh, that's, that's my family. But uh, one of the things that I felt led to share with you guys tonight is kind of like what we talked about to our football team today. And the word was unity. And the thing that gets me the most right now is that um, your mindset could determine how you're going to handle things all day long. You're going to get hit in the face with junk. How you handle it can be contagious to who you do life with, whether it be a spouse or kids, or how you handle it with coworkers. And one of the things that I saw coming from our athletes, when they were playing John Carroll last Friday, there was a touchdown that happened, and immediately I looked over, and I, I love to see how we respond. We're either going to be yes or no. And I saw that response being, you're hanging your head down. You felt defeated. And when they felt defeated, it was a contagious thing across the board. Very athletic Okeechobee is. They were better than the athletes at the coast. But their mindset couldn't get over that the points on the scoreboard were higher than what their side was. So because it went to 14 nothing immediately their heads went down. So we talked about the idea of unity, understanding, yes, you're going to go through stuff. How do you handle it? And so the verse that we've been talking about the whole time was Isaiah 43, verse 2. Is when you walk through the waters, he's with you. When you walk through the rivers, he will not let you drown. When you go through the fire, he will not let you burn. And when I look through that is, you know, the Lord did not change Jesus' circumstances on the cross. But what he said is he's going to walk through you through your circumstances. And when you understand your value and your worth and you understand he's walking with you through it, it takes everything that you're going through in a whole nother level. And so that is what I get to do day in and day out in a nutshell, speaking life to young athletes, calling them into their God-given ability and their God-given talent that the Lord's called them to be and uh, get to share Jesus with every athlete and every coach and people in the community. And so I wake up every morning going, all right, Lord, who do you want me to talk about to you today? And so uh, I'm going to leave you with this. I mean, I'm short, sweet to the point. Um, Paul's talking right now about a prayer of uh, spiritual growth. And this is a verse that I'm working on trying, or, uh, uh, not really a verse, it's a uh, 
Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. I'm working on trying to memorize the entire section of 14 to 21. I only get to 17 and I kind of flat the line. I can't remember. But here it goes. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. I pray that, that from your glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you with your inner strength with his spirit then christ will make his home in your heart as you trust him your roots will grow down deep into god's love and keep you strong and may you understand the power of all god's people that should and this is my favorite part right here how high how deep how wide and i add the father's love for you and once you understand that this is the best part may you experience the love of christ through it is too great to greatly to under be understood fully that our, then you will be made complete in all that his the fullness of life and the power that comes from God now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within you to accomplish infinitely more than you thought or might think glory to God and the church in Christ Jesus through the generations forever and ever. So I share that with you, that no matter what, the Lord loves the snot out of you. He cares about you. You have a purpose, but you got to understand how much you're loved. When you understand how much you're loved, you can walk through anything understanding where you're going because you know you're his. So that is what I get to do day in and day out, talking about Jesus in a public school setting with athletes that are just as lost in the sauce and we get a chance to say, hey, let me show you something a little bit different. Let me show you something that you haven't seen yet because blind's blind until their eyes are open. So we can't get mad at somebody that, that we don't understand because they're blind. But when their eyes are open, now we can walk and say, okay, now this is who the Lord's called you to be, not what I said. That's who he said you are. So again, I appreciate you for allowing me to share. I love you and I care about you. And I hope to be back. Y'all have a great night. So he brings me to the high school, and I'm standing there. And two of I, I work at Okeechobee Christian Academy, but it's my part-time job, so I do PE there. And two of the kids that I do PE with, well, I see them during PE, they are, they're there in the football locker room. And I'm sitting there, and everybody's kind of looking at me. And right when I walk in the door, I felt welcome. They just started giving me, you know, bumping fists, and they were, they were welcoming me. And it felt like, it just felt amazing to be there in person. And so I love football. I played high school football. Obviously, I'm too small to play any kind of college football or pro professional football. But your pastor, at one time, my dream was to be a professional football player. And then I realized I wasn't big enough, so that wasn't going to happen. But the Lord called me at a young age, at five years old, to be a pastor. And I said, okay, Lord, well, one day that will happen. And here I am right now. So I was pretty good at football up until I got to high school. I broke my ankle and everything else was different from there. But I play football and I love it, especially college football. I love to watch it. And so uh, when I got to be in the locker room, I felt like I was a kid again. I felt like I was back in high school in, in, in the locker room. It was exciting. But when he was in the locker room, he talked to those boys like he was the head coach. He was very straight to the point. He was on the, in their face, you know, and just encouraging them. And, it, and he had all 45 kids, his intention, they did not they didn't even blink an eye. He was very, and they were listening. To do that in a public school, you realize how difficult that is? To have an opportunity to talk about the Lord in a public school? 
Man, that is a God thing. The Lord opened up a door for him to share in a public school and be transparent with him, with them, about the Lord. And he did mention Jesus, and he did share the scripture, he did open it up, and I'm just sitting there watching, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, FCA, I heard of them, I've been connected to them in Maryland, one of my buddies is a, a, a FCA missionary in a, in a Virginia area, and I said, man, but he, and I was like watching and wondering, is he going to talk about Jesus, or is he just going to focus on the character development part and the leadership part, and he was straight up in their face about the gospel, and they were listening. They were paying attention, and they were hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. So that can happen in a public school, right? And so praise God, right? Praise God for those opportunities that they have to go into the public schools. And when I met the football coach, I shake his hand. The coach said, the first thing he said to me, he looks up at me, he says, you're welcome here anytime you want. Don't even know me. That's how the Lord works. The Lord works in many opportunities. And I don't know, maybe for some reason people like me. I don't know what it is. But, you know, he felt comfortable with me right then and then and said, you're welcome here anytime you want. I said, thank you, coach. And then Caleb made a comment. He said, cause I, told, I told Caleb the story. I said, I told the Lord, by the time I reach 40 years old, Lord, if I'm not pastoring a church, then I want to be a PE coach and also be a football coach at the same time. I said, but Lord, by the time I reach 40, if I'm not pastoring a church, my, my dream, I felt called to do that. By the time I reach 40, I'm going to be a PE coach, and I can work on um, coaching football as well. And what did the Lord do? He has me pastoring his church, and I'm also a PE coach at OCA. And then he looks at me today, he goes, maybe that third one is going to happen too. You could help out with the football team and be one of the coaches. And so God does amazing things, right? And so, wow, I was so amazed that when I said that to the Lord, not only am I pastoring this church now, but he opened the door for me to be at OCA and be a PE coach. And uh, it's just amazing what God is doing. He's doing amazing things. When you step out in faith, when you trust the Lord, when you, when you do what he asks you to do, doors of opportunity will open. And I thank you for being faithful to the call of God in your life. Because I know how difficult it is to be a missionary, to raise your funds, especially when you're a U.S. missionary. A lot of people, and we, we support a lot, we support 17 missionaries. Hopefully we're going to support an 18th one, right? And so, but a lot of people focus on those who are going to India and places like that overseas, and they don't really want to focus on home missionaries because why? America is, is church and America is Christian. That's what a lot of people believe, and it's a hard time to raise funds, and, but it takes a commitment, it takes faith, and you step out in faith, and congratulations. I just love what God's doing in your life. Give him another hand clap. That's exciting because great things are happening to this young man. Amen. He's going to be a good friend of mine. We'll be having coffee when I get off the fast, but we'll be, we'll be connecting more and more. We went to Serenity Cafe, and I smelled that coffee. That temptation was there. I was like, he picked the place. So I'm there, and I tell Curtis, I say, Curtis, I cannot have coffee. He's like, what? You can't have coffee during a Daniel fast? I'm like, you never heard that before? Okay. And so he makes me this fruit smoothie. And by the way, good stuff. Good stuff. So, but it was a temptation to smell that coffee, but I, I behaved myself. I'm go, I, I continue on the fast. I'm not going to break that. I've been disciplined enough, done it so many times that it's just, you know, it's almost like second nature. And the more you fast, the easier it is for you to be able to, to not let the temptation get to you. Amen? Sometimes you may mess up. 
And that's okay. God's a forgiving God. Get back on track and, and keep on going. Now, if you keep on messing up and taking advantage of that, maybe you need to get off the fast completely and just go back to you, your regular eating. So, but anyway, it's, it's, it was a great day today. I've been so busy. I got to school. I forgot my whistle. I, I, wear, I usually have a whistle for my kids. Especially my sixth graders, they are rambunctious. They jump all around. They're, they're crazy, crazy. And in seventh grade, it's my first class, and they're calm, relaxed. You go to sixth grade, they're all over the place. And I'm like, how's the difference between sixth grade and seventh grade? Just that one-year difference is a, big, it's a big difference. And so I didn't have my whistle, and they're like, Coach, I didn't know you wear glasses because I don't really wear my sunglasses. Coach, how's, your hair looks nice. I mean, I usually wear a hat. Coach, why are you not wearing PE clothes? I'm like, I got so busy today that I didn't even have time to put on my PE clothes, and I just went with my, my uniform on, my shirt on, and I'm, they're like, man, you look totally different. They didn't even recognize me because I wasn't in PE clothes. So we ran the mile today. And they said to me, Coach, you going to run with us? I said, I would. If I had my PE clothes, I definitely would, but I don't. And I, I have. I have before. I've ran the mile with them because, you know, I like to run, and, except for the police. I don't like to run from the police. But anyway, <laughs> I like to run. And so I, they asked me to do it. I was like, not today. They were like, yeah, you're making up excuses. I, I guarantee you. I can outrun most of you guys here. And the first time I did it with my seventh graders, they're like, no, you can't. I finished way before all of them. And I looked at them like, I'm 40 years old. I'm old enough to be your dad. Maybe old enough to be your grandfather, and I'm beating you guys in running. That's pretty sad. It's sad. It's sad that they, you know, they don't have any motivation. It's kind of like going like that. But anyways, so I'm going to dive into our deeper, going deeper now. Um, this is our time where we focus on what the Lord is doing. And last week, I talked about the, the tabernacle. And I'm going to talk about the different stages of the tabernacle. And I'm going to hit probably about four or five tonight and finish the rest of it tomorrow, um, next Wednesday. But I'm excited about what God is doing through our church. There's so many great things happening here. People are hearing about what's going on here and talking about it. I mean, there's been people that came up to me. I think I shared this with you last week or the time before last. That there's a teacher in my school. Her, her, her and her husband are pastors of the Nazarene church here. And she said to me the other day, we've been watching your services online. We've been watching you guys preach. Now, we're Pentecostal, right? And so we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for her to say that, that just made me excited. I said, praise God. I said, you're like the second or third person that told, us that, told me that you've been watching our services online. So people are just excited about what God is doing. And it's amazing things. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away about what God is doing. And I really believe that's a result of us fasting and praying on a regular basis. And our Facebook Live prayers has been powerful. People have been sending in testimonies. People have been sending in prayer requests. And we, have, we had the rucks here with us this morning. And we were praying. And great things are happening in that. If we are a praying church and a believing church, God will continue to show up. God will continue to show up and do amazing things because we are trusting in him. We have an attitude of expectancy. And when we have an attitude of expectancy, he shows up and does amazing things. So we're going to continue in the attitude of expectancy. But today, I'm going to talk about the outer court. We're going to focus on that. Before you get into the tabernacle, before you get to the holies of holies, there's the outer court. And that's where they talk about the thanksgiving and praise. And in that, God, said, God does amazing things. Here's what it says. The Israelites enter the tabernacle with thanksgiving and praise, and we start our prayer time the same way. When you begin to start your prayer time, our way of starting it is in Psalm 104. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving 
and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. So as we pray, we should be saying to the Lord, thank you, Lord. I worship you. I welcome you here in this time of prayer. I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. I lift up my hands and thank you for what you are doing. We are entering the courts with thanksgiving in our heart. And so that was a custom for the people of Israel that whenever they entered the court towards the tabernacle, they would enter with thanksgiving and praise unto the Lord. Spend some time really thinking about all the blessings in your life for which you are thankful for. I guarantee you, if you're going through a season in your life, if you take the time, take the, at least two minutes of being thankful for what God has done in your life, and I guarantee you, your whole way of thinking is going to be transformed. But the problem is, whenever we face challenges and difficulties, we begin to forget how God showed up in our life. And I always say, think about the things that God's done in your life. Think about those times that he showed up and did amazing things. If it happened a long time ago, that's okay. Think about that, but then believe that God can do something new in your life now. And so be, be prepared to do that. You can write down a list. You can sing your own song of praise. Oh, I love doing that. Say words that don't have been, you know, glorify your name. Worship you, O oh Lord. I tell you, I do a little bit of rap, so I, I sometimes I'll rap, you know, something for the Lord. And the Lord's like, stick to preaching. Don't, don't continue rapping, you know. You can rap presents, but don't stick to preaching anyway. And so, but we are, I'm, I'm, we make up your own song of praise unto the Lord because you are showing your gratitude and your love for him. Or just spend quiet moments reflecting on your gratitude and praise towards God. There's times that I don't even have nothing to say. And sometimes it's because I'm heavy-hearted on something, or sometimes I'm just in God's presence, and I really don't have nothing to say. That's why when we believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we can pray in our praying language as, as a, a way to show our gratitude and our praise unto the Lord, our thankfulness unto the Lord, because as a matter of fact, the enemy has no idea what you're praying when you're praying in tongues. Has no clue. He doesn't understand that, right? And so that's your prayer language between you and God. And if you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, ask God to give you the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, it's going to take you to a deeper level. And that boldness is going to increase. And God's going to do amazing things through, that, through your life. And uh, man, you're going to be completely different from how you have been because God's going to do something amazing in you. And I told you guys last week that if it wasn't for me being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would have never went to India to be a missionary. I would have never left my family, my parents, my, uh, my siblings. I'm a Puerto Rican, so I got a lot of family members. Anybody with the last name Rodriguez is most likely related to me, okay? As long as they're Puerto Rican, they're most likely related to me. I have a big family, and for me to leave that family, to go to a country that I know nothing about, don't even know the language, have no clue about it, and to step out there, it had to take me to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go somewhere like that, especially when you can't even be a missionary there, especially when you can be martyred for being a missionary there. And so if it wasn't for that, I would have never went. And we went as a family. My girls were born there, praise the Lord, in India. But if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, man, that difficulty, we went through some challenging times there too. Because I'm a very outgoing person, and I love to preach the Word of God. And there was times that when I preached, there were police inside the service listening to what I had to say. And what they were waiting for was for me to do an altar call, for me to call for a call of salvation so they could say, wait a minute, he's trying to convert people. And what happened was the pastors would come up to me and say, there's police here, so let me do the altar call so that it falls on me and not a foreigner who's trying to convert people. 
And so I would sit there, and I was like, all right. And sometimes, even with the police there, the pastor would say, you're all right. Go ahead and do it. And I would do it, and God would take care of me. And so it was a challenging place. There was a time I did a youth ministry conference, and I think I shared this before, but I did a youth ministry conference. And when I got out of there, these three guys were approaching me like they wanted to do something to me. They had this look in their eye. They were ready. And that's where my New York Puerto Rican attitude came about. I opened my eyes, looked at them straight in the eye, and I said this, you, do you have a problem? My eyes got wider, too. I was like, and when I said that, they took a step back, and our driver came up, because I couldn't drive in India. If I would have gotten into an accident, they would have deported me, so I had to get a driver. He pulls up. I hop into that car, and I say to him, Umesh, go, 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 and fly out. I had no idea what those kids were up to. But I tell you what, I think I outweighed them by at least 50 pounds. Those kids were just skinny. And I said, if we have to rumble in the Bronx, I'm going to rumble. I'm gonna, that's actually a movie, Rumble in the Bronx. If we have to rumble, I'm going to rumble. I'm going to rumble in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to lay hands on you this way, and I'm going to pray for you afterwards. Lord, anoint this guy. I think I hit him too hard. Praise the Lord, you know. But it was a dangerous place, and if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit in our lives, we would not be able to deal with the nonsense that was there because it was not a very comfortable place. But that's what happens when the Holy Spirit fills you. He takes you to deeper lengths and higher levels, and he begins to take you places that you had no idea that you were going to end up being there. And, I, and the funny thing about it, I used to make fun of uh, Indian the accents. I used to say, because uh, I used to watch The Simpsons. Don't ask me why. That was by my backsliding days. And anyway, and I had that guy that owned the gas station who would say, thank you, come again. Thank you, come again. And so I would make them, you know, use that. And Marie would be, she's perfect at the, with the accent. But anyway, and so I would say that, and I say, I would never go to India. I would never go to India. What did God do? He sends me to India. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So if you're scared to go anywhere, maybe you shouldn't be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just saying. That's a commercial. Anyway, but anyway, he will take you to places that you never thought you would be. But how do we receive? We come to him with a heart of thanksgiving, and we praise him, and we worship him. The second part of the tabernacle is the brazen altar, the cross of Jesus. And I love, I used to say this all the time, and forgive me if you come from a Catholic background. I, I came from a Catholic background. And I would say, you know, when you go to a Catholic church, they had the cross with Jesus on it. And I used to say that, you know what, it almost, without, without them saying it with their mouth, it's almost saying that we celebrate the death of Jesus Christ. But when you come to our church, and I'd love to see a cross there. That's going to happen one day. When you come to the cross right there, when you come to our church, they know Jesus on the cross because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the fact that he died and rose again. And so we got to be careful what we don't say with our words because our, our actions speak louder than words. And so I used to always say, when I sat there one time, and I'm staring at the cross that they had Jesus on it, and the Lord put it in my heart, it's like they celebrate the death. But... We need to celebrate the resurrection. And that is not just for Easter Sunday. That's every day. And so it was a, it's a reminder of symbolizing of the cross of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. And so the brazen altar, the cross of Jesus. Here it says in Psalm 103, 3 to 5. And I got to look at it here because it's smaller on my screen there. Sometimes my eyes play tricks on me. So it says this. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget, forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man. And I love, I love eagles. 
Sometimes they come here, too. They stand on top of our cross. I just look up, and I just love eagles. They soar. And I love the fact that we're in the United States of America. That's our national bird, right? Soar. There's, some, there's a presence about them. And he's saying here, you will be renewed. Your, your youth is renewed like eagles when you praise him. In the Old Testament, everyone had to regularly bring animal sacrifice as payment for their sin. Today, we don't have to do that because Jesus paid for our sins once and for all with his blood on the cross. Amen? We don't have to go to a priest and, and, and confess our sins to a priest. We could confess our sins to one another and, conf- and confess to the Lord what we have done, and he's listening to us, and he loves us, and he forgives us no matter what we have done. Oh, man, thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the fact that he died and rose again. And that's why I want to remind you tonight that when we look at the cross and we see an empty cross, we are recognizing that he has resurrected, he has died and rose again on the third day. And as a result of that, now our sins could be forgiven because of what Jesus has done in our life. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. And so we, sometimes we've got to be reminded of that. Sometimes, if you notice, the last couple of weeks, I've been talking on the Old Testament. I love to speak on the Old Testament. I believe the New Testament, too. That's important to speak on that. But many preachers don't even talk about the Old Testament. They avoid it. Why? They feel like it's a bunch of laws and regulations and it's rules and that's for that. Let me tell you something. Without the Old Testament, there is no New Testament. We've got to preach the whole Bible. And I don't care what famous preacher said that the Old Testament is no longer relevant for today. That person's wrong. Because the whole Bible is relevant. The whole Bible speaks to us. The whole Bible is important for us to read and listen to and obey in response to what God is saying to us. i got time for one more. But the cross, check this out, the cross provides us with five major benefits. Five major benefits the cross provides us. Salvation, God forgives all my sins. When Jesus died and rose again, we now could be saved when we accept him as Lord in Christ. Healing, God heals all my diseases. Redemption, God rescued me and restores me. I love that word. I told you the word that God gave me in the beginning, uh, towards the end of last year, was restore for the year 2020. I had no idea that COVID was going to hit and God was going to be, begin to restore not only churches, but people's relationship with the Lord and family members. God is doing something amazing despite this pandemic. And I'm believing right now that in response to a COVID-19 pandemic, there is going to be a global revival. Because God's going to show up and show everybody that he's in control, not man. And even though they say COVID-19 was a man-made thing, God is still in control, and he's going to respond with a global revival that's going to happen all over the world. And we're going to believe for that in a body of hope. I'm preparing you because it's coming. I'm preparing you because it's coming, and you guys are going to be the first ones to, to, to see it and, and witness it because we've been talking about it here, and we're going to say, praise the Lord. God has done it. We've been speaking it, we've been believing it, and God has done it. Sometimes we've got to speak that into the atmosphere. Sometimes we've got to speak and say, no, we see this with our natural eyes, but what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in the spiritual. And so we see a COVID-19 pandemic in our natural eyes, but spiritually speaking, there could be a revival that could have come and sweep this whole entire country, sweep this whole entire um, earth. God's going to do something amazing. Then transformation, God changes me into his likeness. Blessing. God provides everything I need. God provides everything I need. One more real quickly. It says this, the labor, cleansing and preparing. 
The next step in the tabernacle was a bowl of water where people were reminded of their sinfulness and their need to be cleansed and forgiven by God. Checking our hearts and motives and surrendering our lives to God is an important part of our daily prayer. We have to constantly ask God for forgiveness. Constantly ask the Lord to forgive us. Checking our heart. Sometimes my heart is not in the right place. Sometimes my mind thinks things and my heart begins to get damaged as a result of what I'm thinking here. So I come to the Lord and I say, Lord, cleanse my heart. Remember the prayer of David in Psalm 51. He said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Remember that? Well, he wrote that after he committed sin with Bathsheba and killed her husband Uriah. He wrote that in response to his uh, uh, asking God for forgiveness. And even though we may not have sinned like that, we still have to ask God for forgiveness for what we may have done. Because I don't know about you. Sometimes people can get on your nerves. I heard an amen, right? Whoa, Lord have mercy. Sometimes my children get on my nerves, you know. I love them, but they get on my nerves. Sometimes people will rub you the wrong way. And when they rub you the wrong way, you just pray, amen? Because if you don't, then the old person may come out, and you're going to prove yourself to be not a child of God by your response that you used to respond and so we got to quickly, I want you to train your mind that when somebody says something to you, automatically your first thought is, praise the Lord, God Almighty, Whew, praise God, hallelujah, <laughs> Lord, touch that person because I'm about to touch them. Oh, Lord, praise the Lord. And even more so me as a pastor, I got to do that, right? Because you don't want your pastor laying hands on somebody that way. You prefer for me to lay hands on them this way, right? And so I, you know, there's, some people will do that, and you just got to kind of respond in a way like, okay, Lord, I need you, I need you. But it's important that we go before the Lord and we ask him for forgiveness. We cleanse our heart. We say, Lord, cleanse me from my unrighteousness because we are unrighteous apart from him. And so we got to ask him to do that. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to represent your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's how we come to before the Lord and say, Lord, I offer myself up to you. And I'm only made holy because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And when I gave my life to Jesus, he cleansed me from my wrong and my, and my sins. He cleansed me from that. And as a result of that, now I have a, a newfound faith and I have a new relationship with the Lord. And now I am walking in the righteousness of God because of what you have done, not what I have done. And so we got to be reminded of that in our prayer time. I don't know about you, but I love to pray. When I need answers to questions, I pray. When I need a miracle, I pray. When I am confused or upset, I pray. Prayer is important. Prayer is powerful. And as I talked about last week, I wrapped up our time on the Lord's Prayer. I wrapped that up, and I'm talking about the tabernacle right now and how they had different places of worship before they entered into the holies of holies. Okay? And so it's important that we develop a time of prayer. And as I mentioned before, our prayer time, Monday to Thursday, has been super phenomenal, fantastic, great, and I love it. God's doing great things there. 
He ends by saying this, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we confess our sins to him and receive complete forgiveness and a fresh start. In prayer, humbly and sincerely, turn away from your sins and allow God to cleanse you and renew you. Then surrender your life in every part of, to your, of yourself to him. Lord, I surrender my all to you. <laughs> and we sing the song, I surrender, I want to know, you know, I'll let Sandy sing, I don't you know. I want to know you more. We sing those songs, right? But do we mean it? Do we mean it that we are total surrender before the Lord? And when he starts removing those things in your life, and you're watching him do that because you surrender your life to the Lord, he's doing what you asked him to do. Let him work in your life so that you can help somebody else in theirs, and you can transform their life. I love, and I'll end with this. I'm a little bit over it, but I'll end with this. I love what, the rux, what you shared with me today. They've been ministering to a young lady who has not been, has had some, has some difficulties in times past, and they've been patient, and they've been loving, and they've been caring. And when they shared a testimony today with me, I was so excited to hear what they had to say. And that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to continue to love him so that we can love others. The more we love God, the more we can love others. Father, I come before you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for everybody here. And, Lord, I, I do love them. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I thank you for the excitement that's happening here. I thank you, Lord God, that this room, when I preach, I see everybody, this whole sanctuary full. I see everybody in a chair, Lord God. And I'm not seeing double. I'm just believing and, and trusting that you are working things out and miracles are happening every single day, Lord God, because you are a miracle-working God. And so we come before you tonight and we say, Lord, use us. Do something amazing in us and through us so that we can change other people's lives around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming, and we'll see you on Saturday night. Don't forget, Saturday night is prayer time, and Sunday morning is our morning service. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on the podcast or share it with somebody by taking a photo and send it by text message or share it with the link below and they'll be able to click on it and enjoy the message as well. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.